everybody to the extended cut. Joining me today, the one, the only Michael Funderburg, worship pastor here at Radius Lexington. What's up, dude? Not too much, man. You're super kind. Super kind. Yeah, I do what I can. Thanks, man. Excited you're on, dude. It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm excited. I was a little intimidated when there's only me in here with you. Don't be intimidated. I'm a nice guy. I know you are, man. I'm not going to fuss and fight with you. You're super smart, and it scares me that I have to I have to say equally smart things. Super smart. Yeah. I've never been accused of that. Hey. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> I hear good news from the Funderburg family. Why don't you yeah. fill in our faithful listeners? What's happening with the <laughs> Faithful listeners of the Radius Podcast. I mean, there's uh, two of them, so I know. let them know. Uh, both of you, listen up. <laughs> We are having a baby in like two weeks. Number two? Number two, uh, baby boy to Ava Rose, and his name is going to be River Wyatt, and we are really pumped about it. Awesome, man. Yep. So hopefully we make it these next two weeks and we don't get surprised. So it's going to be We're good. both planners. So. It's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, Congratulations. Man. Thanks, dude. Even fun when number two hits the ground. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. 17 more kids and I'll be caught up to you. 17 more. Yeah. Not quite <laughs> that many. Not quite that many. Oh, that's good. Um, Joseph. Mm. Let's, I just want to talk. What a guy. Yeah, he's a pretty good dude. Uh, we're talking about the one in Genesis, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a good guy, too. From a worship standpoint, let's just talk about this from specifically how this affects you on Sunday, and then we'll jump into the passage. What uh, What's it been like? Putting a worship set together, thinking through these major themes, life of Joseph. I don't know. Just we're yeah, kind of spitball here. You know, when it comes down to planning worship, I like to think broadly about the passage. So it may not be exactly where the preacher is going that week, you know, with a point maybe he wants to drive home. Um, and so I like to think broadly about the passage, you know, thematically, and that's going to help us tie in something pretty relevant. With Genesis, it's not easy. Mm. And, you know, being a narrative, it, it's it's really difficult sometimes. Uh, but I think we do a pretty good job of, of linking up throughout the week and bouncing ideas off each other. Like I actually sent, had to send a corrective email last week of realizing, hey, you know what? This is actually probably not where worship needs to go. And and uh, I, I started seeing specifically for, for uh, Genesis 41 that... It's really all about giving God the glory. It's all about him. Mm. Joseph never makes it about himself, and he has he has opportunity to, and he never makes it about himself. And so, you know, specifically for that chapter last week, we focused on giving God the glory. He's the one in charge. He's the one in control. He's the one worthy of praise and honor and glory and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's how kind of how I approach it. You sit in sermon prep with us because mm-hmm. you get a chance to hear firsthand how we're processing the passage, what we're thinking I mean, we sometimes leave out of there fairly clear, and then sometimes yeah. we leave out of there and it's still kind of a question mark. We yeah. need to get touch base later. Yeah. Um, what's your two cents on sermon prep? I love it, man. Yeah. I just love going through the Word, mm. and, and it's really good to do that in community. This is not a small group plug, but it kind of is. But, I mean, even just sermon prep, I mean, to me, it's kind of like a small group, mm. you know, because I'm I'm not there to prepare like everyone else is to prepare, you know, for a message. I, I'm there to... I need to take away that big nugget. And then, you know, for the last little bit of it, I'm just working on putting my thoughts down and and getting worship prepared. I kind of, kind of detach from the sermon prep in a way, but just being there and hearing guys talk through the work, because that's basically what it is. And that's what's so cool about Discovery Bible Study is that 
that's really exactly what we're doing. Yeah. You know, we just talk through the passage and we say, hey, this is this is what God's word is saying. And and then we take it to the next level of going, hey, how are we going to teach our people at large about it? Yeah. And I just love sermon prep, man. It it, it gives accountability. Um, it, it it gives you understanding of the word. It pushes you. It's just really good. Cool. Um, I know this is going to be tricky talking about Genesis 41 because, you know, the band just kind of sits in the green room the whole time and jacks around <laughs> while y'all are right, playing. Yeah, but, yeah, we just hang out. Man, just wing it here for a little bit. Act like you listen to the sermon or yeah. you study the passage a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what people really think the band does. It's like, yeah. y'all go out through that black curtain, you disappear. Y'all are back there playing checkers. Dude, or we Uno. pray the whole time. We pray <laughs> until you get done preaching. Sometimes we're late to the stage because we're praying. That's right. Yeah, I've been back there. I know exactly what happens. <laughs> so Genesis 41, um, the tail end of the passage, we get Joseph finally getting the second in command. Mm-hmm. He, um, It's what I call the Egyptianization of Joseph, right? I mean, it hmm. is, he is changed his name, given him an Egyptian wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing clearly is Pharaoh is trying to make Joseph and Egyptian. We have that in Daniel with, mm-hmm. um, you know, them trying to make him Babylonian with he and his, his three buddies. Um, Esther has to fight this. As Mordecai even says to Esther, don't tell him that you're Jewish. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. say that you're a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly you got the world. I, I tried to, you know, frame this up as in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. What are your thoughts? You know, in the world, not of it, I immediately go to Jesus' words. Uh, I think about Jesus coming to dwell among us, to be in the world, but he clearly wasn't of it. Hmm. Um, He tells us to uh, remember basically where we're headed, um, to not invest in treasures that are going to rust and mold and and drift away to invest in treasures uh, in heaven. Um, it, it's always this heavenly-mindedness of of the believer, hmm. and you can't help but see this. See this here. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the world, and I'm gonna love those around me. I'm even gonna love, and I'm gonna pray for my enemies, and I'm gonna turn my cheek when something uh, when I'm wronged by something, but I'm not going to conform myself. To the world, I'm not going to be transformed by the world. I'm going to my mind is going to be transformed by the gospel, and you know I think about uh, Paul's words. We're ambassadors, mm. and that means we're we're not home. Yeah, <laughs> we're ambassadors because we're not where we belong. Yeah, in a sense, um, and so you know that that was just a that was a much larger theme this past Sunday than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you know, and uh, but but it was it was very very good. I mean, you can talk for for a while about that. Yeah, I felt, um, you know, it's one of those times, you, 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 I'm sure you experience this as a worship leader. You mm-hmm. walk off the stage sometimes and you're like, I don't know if, I don't know if we hit it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I mm-hmm. felt Sunday. Mm-hmm. And some of it for me was, I, I wish I was able to, I should have spent some more time talking about in the same way that Pharaoh is trying to make Joseph an Egyptian the world is trying to make us worldly. Oh, yeah. That's what it's trying to do. Yeah. And there's all kinds of worlds within the world. 
I heard a guy one time talk about there's the sports world, there's the uh, hunting world, there's the hobby world, there's the political world, there's the business world, there's the economic world, there's the leadership world, and mm-hmm. the list goes on, music world, mm-hmm. entertainment. And so when you think about it, some of us might look at it and say, well, I don't you know, Ross this morning, like, I don't really watch sports that much. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the sports world may not be a big deal to you, but for some of us, man, it can it can be really a big deal. Yeah. And we've got to constantly say, am I, am I so wrapped up in this that I'm becoming worldly, if you right. will? And I wish I'd have spent a little bit of time on that because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I talked about none of us are getting our names changed. Mm. None of us are being forced to marry, you know, um, into a pagan family or, you know, some mm. something so overt. Mm. But I think the world is trying to make us worldly in little ways. Mm. Trying oh, to lure I, us I, yeah, I think the subtlety of it can be more damaging. Oh, yeah. You know, quicker uh, because you don't know what's really happening. You know, I mean, personally for me, man, by November, I'm so wrapped up into to chasing a whitetail that, that I can— I can easily forget my quiet time, hmm. easily forget that. Uh, and then I can start telling myself, well, I mean, you know, end of December, I can get back on track. It's fine. Hmm. It's okay. You know, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying God's creation. Hmm. Things you start telling yourself. Oh, yeah. And you start, you know, really loving the world, hmm. you know. Yeah, I um, I even think about that from the standpoint of, you know, I, I coach my kids in sports and I give a lot of time to that, and I enjoy it. But, man, it, before long, you know, oh, yeah. my wife saw me the other day already figuring out where to put kids in the uh, in the field. And she's like, here we go. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I probably need to tone this yeah. down a little bit, right? Yeah. So it's just amazing how we can get in it. Uh, I think about it in the political system. I mean, right now it's an election year. Mm. I mean, some of us are so wrapped up in this political climate we're listening to debates and talk show and it's we spending more time talking Mm -hmm. about that and and it's not nothing's wrong with it Mm -hmm. it just becomes is are we becoming worldly Mm -hmm. as we listen to it is it is it distracting us garnering our attention Mm -hmm. anyway i think that's a i wish i had to spend a little bit of time there it's a kind of a can of worms because there's not a black and white answer i can't say yeah you know Hey, you, you're not. You're only supposed to hunt three times a week, or right. you only listen to talk radio on Monday and Wednesday, and the rest. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, I can't. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You just have to really be perceptive and to say, "Man, is this influencing everything I do, think, right. feel?" Kind of a deal. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. What What am I thinking more on? What What's consuming my thoughts? Mm. And I think if if people are honest with that question to themselves, you, you'll find out real quick if. If you're in love with the world, or if you're in love with the Savior of yeah. the world, yeah, uh, I, I wish I'd a, you know, I spoke on First Peter two. The he says you've you've been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you. He left you an example to follow, and so you know when Joseph, I mean, he's in in prison what two years before the butler goes, oh yeah, this guy, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, probably a couple of years before that, uh, yeah, it just yeah. just you know, it's easy to sit back and go, oh, God, have you forgot about me? Um, hmm. But I wish. I would have talked more on or even just been um, influenced more by, I have John 15 written down. I'm the vine, you're the branches. This is Jesus talking. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Hmm. And when you look at Joseph and the fact that, you know, Pharaoh said, obviously the spirit of God is in you. Hmm. And 
several things I've read, Pharaoh didn't understand the Trinity. He didn't, no. he didn't understand that the spirit of God literally wasn't dwelling inside of Joseph at that time, but there was something different about him. Yeah. There was something different about him. When you look at what we're doing, are we walking in the light as Jesus walked in the light? Are we abiding in him? Are we are we suffering as he did? Or, or are we just suffering and complaining through it all? Mm. And uh, man, when you look at Joseph, and I, and I confess, before we started going through this series, I had no no understanding of of how committed to the Lord Joseph was. Yeah. And it's been super encouraging to me, man. He yeah. never let his, you know, from the text, he never let his circumstances uh, make him waver in his, in, in his obedience, his faithfulness to God. Yeah. One thing, uh, I, I mentioned Daniel on Sunday. Um, clearly, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, uh, we're given the names Belshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were going to be given this Babylonian education. But in verse 8 of chapter 1, Daniel determined that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with wine he drank. So he asked permission from the chief official not to defile himself. So one thing we have to remember is Joseph is pre-law. When I say pre-law, I mean before the giving of the Ten Commandments and all of those 500-some-odd laws that... Egypt would, or not Egypt, Israel would have to obey. And so as a result, um, you'd have to think Joseph, if this had happened after the law, he probably would have said, mm, do I have to marry mm. Potiphar? Can I, can I? That, that's not really, the word says that I shouldn't marry a foreigner, but this is pre-law, so there's nothing in there that says he shouldn't marry this Egyptian yeah. woman. Uh, whereas clearly, the law with Daniel said, this is the diet you should eat and not eat. Mm-hmm. And when he got to Babylon, if he's offered pork or unclean animals, then he's saying, no, 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 no. I can't eat the king's meat on this deal. Mm-hmm. I got to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would have had a chance to develop that some just to think through. Uh, in the world means that I, I can be in it. It's a point of location. Mm-hmm. If I'm not of the world, then it's I recognize it. My source of information, like the Bible, God's Word, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, Jesus, that's what I determine what I do and not do. Like, this yeah. is when I know I've gone too far. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was it Romans 13 talks about obey the authorities that are, that are over you. Sure. Uh, obey them. Yeah. They, may not, they may not be believers, <laughs> yeah. and maybe a lot of times they're not, but you're called to, to, to obey them and to, to, to come under, the, under their leadership but then when you're when you have that that point of going over what god says uh, that that uh stops everything yeah yeah is that kind of what you're saying yep very much so um something else man i i mean i nearly went i was 38 minutes 39 minutes so i was right on the 40 minute mark that's mm. the time you give me man if i had 10 more minutes mm. john 17 that's where we get the in the world not of the world yeah, language man. So John 17, high priestly prayer, Jesus prays for himself, then he prays specifically for the disciples, and then he prays for all of us, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. So if you want to know how Jesus prays for you, read verses 20 through 26 of John 17. But um, One of the best chapters in the Bible. Yeah, man, it's a, a great one. He says in multiple places, um, verse 11 of John 17, I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by your name, so that you have uh, that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. He's talking about um, 
They're in the world. I'm leaving it, but they're still in it. He says in verse 14, I've given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world as I am not of the world. And then he says, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil yeah, one. that's it right there. They are not of the world as I am not of the world. And then verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the, that's the only, I, I guess that's probably the reason why I felt a little icky. Um, I grew up in Baptist church singing, I'll fly away. And even though I, I fully agree with the rapture, which you and I agree on. <laughs> Amen, brother. Uh, I, I just would, uh, I don't think, I don't think I, that's my whole point of life mm. is to look at when I fly away, mm-hmm. when, I, when I will meet Christ in the air. Mm-hmm. And whether you're a rapture guy or not, it doesn't matter. It's, I think sometimes we think in the world, not of it. And so I'm just waiting for the day I'm delivered from this place. Right. That's not what in the world, yeah. not of the world means. Mm-hmm. And when I read this, Jesus is clear. You're not of the world. You're going to be hated, but I'm not asking you to yank them out. Right. I'm just asking you to protect them. Right. Because there's an evil one who's the prince of the power of this age, is according to Ephesians. Mm-hmm. I need you to protect them. And then I'm asking that you send them in the same way you sent me. Yeah. I'm not of it, but you sent me into it. And Joseph clearly does that. He does his job. He gathers that grain. Mm-hmm. Countries, nations far and wide are going to be affected by this famine. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a blessing to them because he's yeah. got grain to give them. Yeah. I don't know. Thoughts? Man, makes me kind of wish we could do Sunday over again with John 17, I need, man. I need to do Sunday What a over great pa- And verse 17 sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sorry, I can't can't talk about John 17 without talking about verse 17. It's one of my my favorites. (laughs) That's good. Set them apart for special use. That's Mm. what sanctify means. Set them apart. So Joseph clearly was set apart for special use. I believe that's what we are as a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We are set apart, Ephesians 2.10. We're set apart for these special works created beforehand. Um, so clearly we ought to be doing something in the world. Yeah. Verse 21, that they, this is John 17, 21, that they may all be one, even as you father are in me and I, uh, I and you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. That's it. We have a purpose to be on this earth and to go through trials and go through suffering. Yeah. It's not that he's just leaving us here because he's getting some, some joy out of seeing us suffer. We have, we're on mission here. We're ambassadors on a mission. Yeah. To think about our jobs, to think about, and, and I talked about that some the previous week that where Joseph knew his job was to, um, to do his work. It was unto the Lord. He used his gifts. He used his administrative abilities. I think his leadership abilities. He does that well. Um, and for us to think, man, I'm not doing this so that I can get more of the world. I'm doing this to be a blessing to the world so that they might see Jesus Christ, see God's glory. Um, that's why I do this. And I don't know, sometimes it's just easier to think I do this so I can get a bigger paycheck so I can get more of the world. I don't know. Like yeah, I, I just talked to a guy about, he, he had two choices to make. One was 
ministry. One was not so much ministry. It wasn't bad. It was just another thing to do. And he's trying to figure out the, uh, the right thing to do and just trying to get some different counsel on it. This was this morning. And it came down to just me being kind of detached from the situation and seeing it a little bit clearer and saying, hey, man, what's, what's going to keep you more on mission? Hmm. And he knew the answer the whole time. Um, but just remembering, man, what am I investing my time in and, and why am I investing it? Cause I could, I could go the ministry route. I could join four small groups and I can check those boxes every day and have fun there. But am I really growing? Am I really gaining something that's helping me impact my radius? Mm. Am I actually putting into practice, uh, this love that I'm learning about? Uh, Am I loving in indeed, you know, um, Thinking through um, Joseph here, I, I spent a pretty good amount of time trying to make the point that no matter how, no matter how successful Joseph is, he's still not home. Yeah, um, he's still a slave. I, I don't think he gets to walk away from this. I don't think he gets to say, "Pharaoh, it's been fun serving you. I'm done. I'm gonna go." I don't think he gets to do that. Yeah, I think he's still every bit um, a slave. I, I think Moses has gone to great lengths to to show he's a Hebrew, he's not home. Um, man, this week as I went back and looked at that Moses, the, the story of Moses being floated down the river, mm-hmm. um, growing up in Pharaoh's house, and then watching, I mean, he calls them the Hebrew slaves being treated poorly. Mm-hmm. And then even when the Hebrews started to fight amongst themselves, Man, it just, it really set in on, like, if there would be anyone who could identify with the plight of Joseph, it would be Moses. I just think sometimes we forget who's writing this stuff, who's recording the narrative. And as a result, when they, when he uses the word Hebrew slave, and I, I think he fully understands what that means. Yeah, that was a great point. And I don't remember hearing you talk about that. Maybe it developed later in the week. I don't remember who you talked about it at sermon prep, but I was in the room when you when you brought that up, and that was a fantastic point to remember. You know, it's it's always important to remind yourself of context and who's writing this and who they're writing to, why they're writing it, what's the whole purpose of this book, and going through Genesis and and talking about Joseph and talking about Jacob and and uh, and, and all those guys. It, it's really important to remind yourself, hey, Moses is writing this, mm-hmm. and, and I got to remember the perspective of the author here. And your point was excellent. Absolutely. I mean, you think about him writing the word Hebrew yeah. and, and, and him kind of stopping for a second and remembering. It's powerful, very powerful. Yeah. Chapter two, Exodus. Years later, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his own people and observed their forced labor, mm. which is being a slave. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. Like he knows it. He's, he's, he's in Pharaoh's house and he sees it. And then he says, looking all around and seeing no one, he struck the Egyptian dead and hit him in the sand. And the next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the the one in the wrong, why are you attacking your neighbor? Anyway, just the, for him to, to wrestle with his identity. Like I've grown up in Pharaoh's house, but he goes out there and he sees the Egyptians treating his people poorly and then they're treating each other poorly. He can just, you can almost feel that pain in him. Mm. Anyway. You know uh, what it reminds me of? Yeah. Is, I, I don't know who said this, but you, you may know this because maybe I heard it from you, but um, 
Christians should be the most uh, hard to offend people on the planet. Mm. And when we think about our identity in Christ, when we think about you know this small section of time that we're on earth and we're in this flesh, we're in our mortal bodies, uh, we're still in sin, we're still... Um, we're not enslaved to it, but we're still in the flesh. And we think about this, you know, infinite amount of time that we're going to be with Christ away from shame, away from guilt, out of the flesh in our glorified bodies. Why in the world do we get so offended on this earth? Mm. When someone attacks our, our race, our economic status, or what we're things we like to do, or, 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 or even just trying to, on our end, trying to impress people. Mm-hmm. Why are we trying to impress people? Why are we trying to win that kind of favor? Why am I not doing everything I can to be pleasing to the Lord? And it just, I think it just goes back to being heavenly minded. Mm-hmm. Heavenly minded. That's why I love John 17. Jesus' prayer is so heavenly minded and, and, and God-centered. And I think that's where we miss the mark a lot of times. That's good. Probably be, uh, probably not good stewards to talk about this passage and not talk about the two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim, mm. who are going to show up. Um, they're going to actually be adopted, if you will, by Jacob and um, put into the to the the line or the twelve tribes of Israel. So um, Manasseh and Ephraim will will show up there, but. God made me forget all my hardship in my father's house, and the second son he named Ephraim. God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Um, man, those are those are strong names when you think about. Number one, they're Hebrew, so he hadn't forgotten that. Number two, um, he doesn't oversell where he's at. So father's house was. You, he would rather be in his father's house, but he also recognizes it, was, it wasn't great. It was hardship. Mm-hmm. And then the land of his affliction, even though everything we've read up into this point, in, at least at the, in all of chapter 41, it's been a pretty sweet place. Mm-hmm. And then call it affliction. Um, anyway. I love the, what is it, verse 52? For uh, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. I, I just... You know, you think about Paul knowing that passage. Mm. God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. He's all of a sudden converted and on the road to Damascus and goes through lots of stuff. I like to ask myself regularly, you know, it's easy to, to say, what would Jesus do? But he's the son of God. <laughs> so I like to yeah. lower the bar just a little bit for me. <laughs> and I, I like to ask myself, what would Paul say in this situation to me? What would Paul's thoughts be on this? And God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. I think about all the fruit that Paul produced while he was being afflicted, while he while he was going through all kinds of stuff, and he he stayed true to the mission. You know, he says, I, I, "I'm I've fought the good fight of faith." Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think back to the, I think back to you know, to Daniel. You think back to Job. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you even look at the life of Jesus. He was fruitful while he was sure. being afflicted. Yeah, and it, it really. Um, Back to the the verse I used this past Sunday, the, the first Peter, am I am I suffering for him and remembering how he suffered for me? He didn't revile in return. He didn't hurl threats back at these people. He stayed focused and he kept trusting the Father. Mm. And you know what I go through is is not in any way near what Jesus went through, what Paul was going through, and I'm convicted by that. Mm. Um, but that that doesn't give me an excuse because it's not as serious to not 
entrust myself to, to God's faithfulness? And am I being fruitful in even my small afflictions? Yeah. You know, that, that was, both of those were just really, really powerful. I, and you know what? I, I wasn't, I'd already went to the back, I think, when you started talking about that. So yeah. tell me, give me a little spill of what you said. Well, I, I, if I were to, if I could do it over, I wish I'd have spent a little more time on the identity piece of it because I think Joseph clearly has, has his identity in play. But um, for him to say, for him to be able to look at Egypt and recognize, you know, it's good, but it's still Egypt. It's, it's not going to get any better than this. This, is, this isn't home. Um, this is still the land of affliction. Um, I, I just I think sometimes we get fruitful here, um, and that could be fruitful spiritually, or that could be fruitful um, blessing-wise, just physically. And as a result, we begin to find our identity in a spot. Even when Terry and I look back at the places we lived, it's it's easy to remember, like, oh, our kids were born there, or oh, remember when we used to do, you know what I mean, and. Mm-hmm. It's just really easy to find your identity in, you know, when things are good. Oh, sure. And I even think about my kids and just, um, you know, the hard part of, you know, they love sports or they love band or they love singing or whatever it is. And it's good. And I love you. I, I want you to love those things. But I also need you to know that, it, you know, it's, it's just all it's, it's, it's as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not going to. It's not going to satisfy. Your identity's not in these things. And uh, and then even when it's bad, when, when, when there's hurt and there's pain and your kid doesn't make the team and you got to say, yeah, but this isn't you. Mm-hmm. And for Joseph to be able to say both of those things. Yeah, man. I, a lot of pain, but God's caused me to forget that hardship. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to dwell on it. And then it's been good, but... It's still Egypt, right? It's, 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 it's not. It's not home. So yeah, it's it's funny you say that because this. If you do have success, if you do make the team, you can you can start telling yourself, oh, maybe this is what I'm made for. Yeah, you know, I think that's I think that's uh, a, a trap that Americans fall into, and just the world at large is that I'm made for this. Yeah, you know, I, I can do whatever I want if I put my mind to it. I'm, I'm made for this. Man, if you're a believer, you're you're made for one thing, and that is to to preach the gospel to your radius and to to love your neighbor and to love God. Mm. And it just it's so important to have those reality checks of who you are. Mm. You're a new creation. Yeah, you're not who you were. Yeah, uh, you, you're not you're not ambitious for the things of the world that are passing. I mean, it's so foolish when you <laughs> when you say it out loud. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going uh, insane over something that's that's going to fade away one day. Yeah, and why am I not having this? This heavenly mindedness, uh, so so obvious in me that I'm longing for something that's going to last forever. Yeah. And even when things are going well and you are considered successful, and maybe you do have that identity crisis, are you still longing for something better? Because mm. we can start going, hey, I'm I'm only longing for heaven when things are bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. I'm okay if you don't come back today, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. What a terrible, terrible place to be in. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you start loving the world a little bit much. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Fun stuff. Mike, anything else? Dying to say? This chapter, past chapters? Genesis is hard, man. (laughs) It's good, though. I love the narrative. It is great. I love the stories. 
Yeah, there's some good stuff in there, some hard ones. 42, man, we talked about it this morning. I'm excited about 42, yeah. 43. Joseph is going to be reunited with his brothers. They're not going to know him. He's going to know them. And man, there's a there's you could probably preach 41 multiple times. You can mm. preach 42 multiple times in multiple waves. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. So yeah. thanks, man. I'm glad you were here. Now let's talk about something funny. Okay. I'm listening. Oh, you want me to come up with something? <laughs> it was your idea. <laughs> I thought I was your guest. <laughs> You're going to bring it up. You got to come up with it. Look, you guys, the two of you that's still out there might just be one of you now. <laughs> we come in here and there's a little bit of seriousness that takes place when we hit record. But there's a side of us that's that's just a bunch of goofballs. Yes. And I think I think people need to see more of that. <laughs> Thought for the day. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Mike, uh, now usually, I know why it's been a long time yeah, since I've had you on Usually, Kayla, when we're out to dinner, she'll put her hand on my knee, and that means I need to stop talking. <laughs> and when she's not here, I just keep talking. <laughs> well, I'm not coming over there and putting a hand on your knee. Please don't. Awesome. <laughs> Mike, thanks, dude. Oh, <laughs> Andy just came across the table and put his hand on Mike's knee. That is great. That means it's time to wrap it up. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Mike. We'll do it again next week.